Hello and welcome to FNG1, the new guy's guide to Formula One in the world of motorsport. I am your co-host Chuck and with me as always is Sean. How's it going? And we are back with you after an what I'll, we'll call an unintentional one race miss. An accidental bye week. An accidental bye week. I'm calling that a race and I think that that's generous. Uh, those of you who've been paying attention will probably have noticed that we did not put out an episode for Spa. That does not mean we did not record one. Much like F1 didn't put out a race for Spa. <laughs> yes. Our episode for Spa is not unlike the race for Spa, which is that technically we made one, uh, and it was not for the fans to enjoy. Mostly a sham, but... <laughs> Maybe someday I will edit together the... Really depressing audio that turned out to be our episode for Spa. At the time we recorded it, I thought, oh, haha, this was a really funny thing that happened at Spa. It will make for hilarious content for FNG1. Uh, spoiler alert, it was not funny. It was <laughs> not interesting. And it was a terrible episode, uh, which did not really scream to me, hey, get out there, edit this and get it online. I People want to hear these takes. I think our best content had nothing to do with F1 and was after we claimed we stopped the episode. Yes, after we claimed we stopped the episode, we had a number of funny things to say about NASCAR, if I recall correctly. <laughs> uh, so maybe someday you will hear those things. So consider this your back-to-back... -back, uh, I, hate, I hate that Crofty said it, the pun, but I'm going to say it too. It's the Double Dutch episode. Okay, no. we'll, we will never say that again. That's I hate bad. This now. It's bad. I know. Uh, maybe we should start over. Hello. <laughs> welcome to FNG. No. <laughs> um, so, yes, this is our episode encompassing Spa as well as the Dutch Grand Prix. Uh, Sean, would you like to say anything about Spa before we just move on from that? No. No. Okay. Yeah. It, all the takes have been had. It was kind of a sham. The rules made it a sham. But, you know, in, in a sense for the Red Bull fans, it was good because we got the half points for Max. But then also, if we had never raced in the first place, Perez wouldn't have put his car in the wall. Yeah, I forgot about that. That was funny. <laughs> so that was, it was literally the only funny thing. That, that and uh, Lewis Hamilton having to go use the bathroom after a French cameraman dropped a giant shit. That was also funny. Yeah. I, I think maybe the only part that ties to this week is the Checo storyline. Because he signed a contract extension before the spa race. And I he think that'll, that'll be important for some things I'm going to say today. <laughs> Yeah, he signed a contract extension before Spa and then immediately uh, put his car into the wall during a formation lap of a race that never actually happened, uh, thus negating any points that he would have gotten for free. And then we had the Dutch Grand Prix where he failed to get out of Q3, right? Q1. Q What? what? Yes, the I'm first sorry. One. Yeah. He failed to I get out get of Q1. Backwards. Yeah. So not great. No, that's not, not good. Not great from my boy Checo, who I'm gonna let me be clear from the start. I still love him. <laughs> yeah, that that might be one of the most disappointing qualifying. Oh, it performance sure was. And it completely inexplicable. There was no actual reason for that to have happened other than uh, traffic, but everybody was dealing with traffic, so Yeah, his first lap just wasn't good. Yeah. 
Whatever. And, and it's hard to explain that away because there's evidence to say that that car was very good. Yes, there is some evidence to that tune. Uh, for what it's worth, I mean, according to the viewers, driver of the week, Sergio the Perez. <laughs> the viewers are wrong, said the man who will never say a nice word about Checo on this podcast. Yeah, uh, I'll just say that Checo passed a bunch of people, which is cool. That were in slow cars and he's in the best car. Yeah. And it was fun to watch. There was a lot of not fun to watch on this Look, race, man, Sean. I was frustrated in the first half of the Aggie game this weekend, too. So I'm going <laughs> to... Beating up on soft teams is not exactly... I'm not giving you a lot of credit for it. Oh, see, and I'm sitting here on both ends saying, Hey, you, both you, are wins. Th- there's a job to do and you do it. He only did most of the job. He only got the yeah, So did AM. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the important thing here is that technically two weeks in a row, Max has taken uh, first in two Grand Prix. Yeah, and, and we'll give him, let's talk about this Grand Prix because he absolutely whipped the shit out of this whole Grand Prix. He did. Uh, he drove no, without, uh, without incident, which is all. I'm at this point with my uh, Red Bull and Max fanship where if I can be promised at the outset of a race, it will be without incident. Then I'm like, oh, well, then we almost certainly won. Because if Max didn't win, there was probably something catastrophic and devastating that happened where not only did he not win, he didn't place, he didn't get points, he didn't finish. Yeah, and yeah, because the Red Bull, they introduced upgrades at Spa. The Red Bull car is phenomenal, and Max hasn't made a mistake in a while. It's well, yes, he he made one mistake this weekend on his last qualifying lap. He didn't open the DRS wing heading into the start finish line, so oh, his pole funny. lap was actually a little bit slow because he didn't open the DRS wing. That is funny. Well, you know, Pobody's nerfed here. Pobody's um, nerfed, but even when. I mean, because of Checo's misadventures, Max was kind of behind the eight ball as far as team strategy, because he was almost nonstop being sort of double fucked with by Mercedes because they could and they should. And yet he seemed to catch a few lucky breaks here and there that were just enough to negate whatever strategy advantages Mercedes had. Yeah, I think Mercedes continually like, dick-tripping over the advantage they had definitely Yeah, helped. they could never seem to put it together. Like, they put the medium tires on Hamilton's car that didn't have enough life on them. Mm-hmm. And then, at one point, they were trying to get to the point where Max couldn't pit without Bottas passing him. And then, was it Vettel that spun out on the hairpin? And nearly murdered Bottas. And nearly killed Bottas, and to his credit, some of the best driving I've seen Bottas do all season was avoiding that situation without even remotely damaging his car, but he lost a couple seconds yeah. on that lap, and that proved critical. So I'm, I'm, let me, spoiler alert, I'm giving my driver of the week to Sebastian Vettel. <laughs> <laughs> For excellence and flaws. Uh, and other spoiler of alert, I've had a little bit of whiskey. But, yeah, so, and, you know, things just seemed to work out strategy-wise when you would expect that they wouldn't. 
And I think a little bit of that was, frankly, Mercedes just picking wrong, which seems yeah. wrong, which seems weird coming from them. They're so methodical. They've been a little sloppy this year. Also, the other part is, is they had to be perfect because Max and that car were so fast. Yeah. Like I, I they, you know, they said they did the wrong strategy. I was like, I don't think it would have mattered if they had nailed it. I don't think they were going to quite do the right thing because even when Hamilton was trying to lay down some hot laps, Max could just match it. it yeah, really they would have needed a series of things to go just their way. Yeah. For that to have worked out. Yeah. And instead, they seem to just relentlessly go Max's way, which is great. Uh, he won his home race, which is new, right? They've not done since the eighties. Zo- what? Wait, what's the name of the course? Zandvoort. Again? Zandvoort. Yeah. Zoolander course. Yeah. So they haven't done it since the eighties, and you can tell that it's not meant for more modern Formula One cars because they look like one and a half times the size they should be on that track. <laughs> they that tr- okay? That track's really narrow, right? Correct. Okay. Because the whole time I was, as they were going, I was like, nobody could ever pass on this course. The The road is about the width of one Formula One car yeah. plus a sidecar. Yeah, there was just enough room to pass at the first turn. And oddly enough, that turn, it was easier to pass going around the outside than on the inside of the opposing mm-hmm. driver, which is rare <laughs> in most corners uh, or at most tracks. And uh, that was about the only place to pass, and you had to have a massive speed differential to even do it. Yeah. The, uh, it was like, even if Hamilton had caught up, I don't think he could have passed Max. Like, uh, vice versa, had he gotten in front of him on a pit stop, Max may not have been able to pass him. Um, but yeah, it was it was definitely... The track's beautiful, and it was it's really cool, cool to watch. looking. I like bank turns. I think that was cool. You know, it was... The onboards were cool, like the bank, just it flowed really nicely. It's just not good for racing. <laughs> it's good for driving. Will they think. be back next year? Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, so we'll see. Maybe maybe, maybe with the new cars, it'll be a little bit more uh, apt to passing. We'll see. Hey, I have a question that we're going to count as our um, under investigation for this week. Mm-hmm. Under investigation is where we explore uh, normally... Uh, the rules and finer points of Formula One that I don't understand, and Sean explains to them them to me like I'm in kindergarten. Uh, this one's not actually a Formula One rule, probably, <laughs> so much as like a human interaction rule. The orange smoke grenades. Yeah, is that just okay for people to do that? I think they were told not to do it. I assume that they've been told not to do that for like a year now. Yeah, I mean, I don't Europeans love those things. They do? Yeah, they do that at soccer stadiums. What are often. they? I don't know, are they the cool fireworks? Yeah, I don't know. I assume it's some kind of just like smoke flare. Like like every time I see that, all I can think is <coughs> Depending on the wind direction, imagine you're the pers- first person downwind of the guy that pulls the pin on one of those oh, things yeah. in the Oh, yeah. That's going to be bullshit. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Just trying to eat a eat some food here, and you've got this, like, smoke in my face. Yeah, you're trying to enjoy your Dutch I just got tear-gassed uh, by the guy sausage in and, and fries, 
And then, yeah, you're getting smoked out of the stands. The Formula One drivers comment on it from the course because sometimes they can't see where they're going. It all seems incredibly irresponsible, but they do it every race now. Yeah, the uh, the Italians tended to like it. I think the Italians tend to prefer the Ferrari flag that's probably about 75 yards long so that they can cover up everybody in a whole section of the stands. So they go that direction mm-hmm. in terms of you know, uh, irritating your fellow human beings. But the the smoke is a pretty good one. You don't yeah. see it a lot. The Dutch really have taken it on recently. You used to see it a bit more with the Ferrari fans, and then you saw it some with the Alonso fans for a while. But the Dutch, you know, have been traveling quite a bit since Max got good, and they love those things. They do love those things. So your boys have made some pretty d- – well, signs didn't have a – Wait, where did Signs end up? Yeah, Signs did all right. He did fine. He did fine. You've got some points. He was 45 seconds behind Leclerc. That's not exactly optimal, but... Well, yeah, but there was a lot of gaps here. I mean, Gasly came in fourth, and he was not on the lead lap. Well, that is one thing, and that's just the gap between those cars. But, yeah, I mean, it it was basically impossible to pass. Don't get me wrong, because you saw... After a few laps, basically everybody first through 10, excluding the Gasly-Botas gap, was exactly two seconds apart because that's how close you could be at this track. Mm -hmm. If you weren't fast enough to pass the guy, you couldn't get any closer than two seconds. So you could never get DRS. And so you were just stuck like two seconds apart. That's kind of the, the downside to the track. It only helped that like Verstappen and Hamilton were so fast that they could blow by all the back markers. So yeah, that's one thing, but signs absolutely dropping like a rock behind Leclerc isn't particularly a great sign for him. He really struggled with the car. Um, I mean, I guess he still came in seventh, but you would have hoped he was a little closer than that. Tell, tell me more about hoping that your number two driver was a little closer. Well, Pierce was at the track. <laughs> he got, he got a couple points. He got actually, he showed up. So did Signs. Got four points. Still finished behind Signs. Finished behind Alonzo, who went on an absolute tear right there at the end. Yeah, Alonzo clearly enjoyed this track. This was whatever it was that he does, he was into it on this this track. He's creative and he's a really natural driver. So I think new places and places where he can kind of try to exploit some things that, you know, more technically well trained drivers may struggle with a bit and yeah he just he nursed his tires to the end and made a run actually he made a few positions there at the end and got some points i want to talk about the most surprising thing that happened in this race weekend that was because i want some clarification giovanazzi and seven yes (laughs) johnny 15 who always qualifies 15th giovanazzi qualified p7 but then finished 13th what uh, was what was even going on there? I, I assume that since Raikkonen announced he was retiring last week and uh, shit was starting to get real as far as whether or not Giovinazzi will have a seat next year, he decided to go ahead and go ahead and uh, pop one in. Yeah. <laughs> Let me go ahead and get a good one of these up there and see if they if they like me a bit more. Mm-hmm. And then absolutely took a dump on Sunday. But uh yeah, that was the wildest shit. I did not expect him up there. I think Ricardo was another one. It was good to see him out qualify Norris. I would say that this this race on the bottom half 
felt like a lot of things coming home to roost. Like Giovinazzi qualified high, finished low. Uh, Ricardo seems to have fallen from uh, some of the great things he's had going on. Russell, Mr. Saturday, didn't make it to Q3 and then finished, what, 17? Yeah. Yeah. Like a lot of our sort of, uh, I don't know, hometown heroes and stuff. Stroll and Vettel just... Stroll and Vettel just being kind of completely lower <laughs> mid-pack. Yes, completely useless. Tsunoda just burying himself in the bottom of this race. <laughs> and then getting announced as the 2022 driver for Alpha Tori. Yeah, man. I don't know if you saw me make the joke. It's like when you're too lazy to break up with someone. <laughs> like his name's already on the car. The seat fits I, him. Yeah, fuck it. I mean, he's already got, we already got the seat in his position and he's a short guy. We'd have to redo that whole thing. We bought some plane tickets for next year for him. Like, what? Yeah, you know what change fees cost? Like, yeah, he's flying from Japan. It's a, it's an expensive <laughs> flight. I mean, come on. They're not gonna let us move him out of business first. Like, we can't get, <laughs> gonna eat the ticket. That would, that that is interesting to me that he got signed because the Red Bull Alpha Tori team is notorious for being absolutely loving and caring and you know supportive of their young drivers and not yanking them out of seats halfway through a season yet Sonoda's done absolutely nothing and they're like yeah we'll keep him around I mean I don't pretend to understand how Formula One works <laughs> as far as contracts go uh, that's uh, silly season is probably something that we should devote an entire episode to where you can talk to me about why anybody is doing what they're doing outside of keeping your you know Lewis Money. Hamiltons and your <laughs> Charles Leclerc's I mean that makes sense but the, a lot of the rest of it I don't know. You I try don't to understand. Get a, a good first driver, and then the rest of it's just money. I think that's the answer. <laughs> the, the driver number two is just uh, a walking bag with a dollar sign on the side. Who of it. is? Do can we find a guy that will not infuriate the guy that we picked number one? Preferably, does that person come with money? Okay, that makes most of my decisions for me. <laughs> well, there you have it, Sunoda. Sunoda comes with Honda money. Perez, who I do make fun of, comes with a lot of Mexican telecom money. He does. Latifi comes with money. Stroll comes with money. Stroll comes with the whole team. Now, we're going to talk which driver said this. It was surprisingly slim pickings for what was going on this week. So I'm going to give you a, a softball, but it made me laugh, and I know it made you laugh. So which driver said this this week is... The pit confirm button is the okay button, Brad. I have no idea who said that. Are you, that was Lance Stroll <laughs> getting in an argument with his engineer about what the buttons on the steering wheel do. Holy shit. He was being told to hit the okay button. And I don't know, there was an argument and he said, hit the okay button. And Stroll said, or he said... The engineer said, you're hitting the pit confirm button. I need you to hit the OK button. And Stroll replied, the pit confirm button is the OK button, Brad. Brad? (laughs) And the way he says Brad in it is exactly the tone that I'm adding to it. Aston Martin's just got a guy named Brad. Just just Brad. Brad doesn't even have a last name. Aston Martin Brad. His name is Brad Martin, it turns out. 
1990s teenager from the United States suddenly like in charge of Aston Martin's race Oh my gosh, that was an extremely uh, pointed cut at my friend group in high school. (laughs) 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 So many Brads. (laughs) Anyway, Brad is on Lance Stroll's shit list, I guess, for not understanding how the steering wheel works. Although I'm betting probably it was still Lance Stroll who didn't understand. I honestly, I don't remember even seeing Stroll this weekend. No, he didn't even spin out like Vettel. He just, look at him, 12-12. Did nothing. He just hung out and he got in people's way during qualifying. He was behind Russell for a long time and nothing happened until Russell's car broke. (laughs) That's all I remember about this race. Like Leclerc, I don't think he was on TV once. No, I could not tell you. They could have painted Leclerc's uh, car pink for this race and i would not have been able to tell you man sometimes leclerc is just doing his own thing he's too consistent he needs to be flashier in order to get some camera time go ahead and spin that car out every once in a while he wrecked his qual his last qualifying lap he was about three or four tenths behind where he had been in q2 if he had gotten ahead of gasly it would have been the same exact result you would have never seen him but he would have finished in fourth there you go and that's it that's the whole race he and gasly completely non-existent uh, everyone kind of non-existent this this race except for the orange smoke except for the orange smoke there was there was it wasn't all that interesting i liked it i liked the course for some reason i it think was it was so looks cool. cool yeah it was so cool it was just not super interesting apparently we missed uh mazapin nearly kill schumacher oh nice on course or off course on I course tried either. to drive him into the pit wall schumacher oh. was going to pass him to one side he whipped over and so he went to the other side and mazapin just cut into him basically shoved him into the pit wall so wow yeah i'm shocked both those guys are confirmed for next year so that's pretty cool oh they're my favorite duo of people One who of them's, fucking hate each other mazapin's gonna kill him. oh last week i think schumacher said their relationship's basically unrepairable well yes i mean but like to say it publicly is like yeah i really fucking hate that guy oh <laughs> uh, that's like Somebody coming out and saying, boy, Chuck really doesn't like Greg Abbott. Like, yeah, obviously. <laughs> it's not news. Okay, so we should talk Ephanon. And I know we briefly talked Ephanon last week in what is now going to be referred to as the Lost Spa episode. Suffice it to say, if I'm remembering correctly, we determined that... Ferrari had gained access to a weather control machine, yeah, but that it was localized exclusively to certain areas of Belgium. Yes. In like a beta testing program. They had a God machine. It was only part of Belgium. <clears throat> well, yeah, they're just starting. I mean, they're like Boston Dynamics. They'll call it. They'll kill us all eventually. But for now, it, it's only localized to a certain thing. It's Italian. It'll short out and catch fire soon. Yeah. Enough. Um. So where are we at on this race, Ephanon-wise? This is the least Ephanon-y race. <laughs> right, which is why we've got to dig deep. These people don't just go surface surface level with what's happening. So what happened? Uh, Perez dropped down to 15th in qualifying. Why did he do that? I think somebody's trying to get rid of him. He, was, he missed the second qualifying lap by a second. So somebody on the inside is trying to take Perez out because he's insane. And and not trustworthy. What if it's more complicated? So he signed 
his extension, extension contract with Red Bull and then immediately didn't get past Q1. Why did he do that? What is he trying to protect? What is he trying to save? Is he protecting Mercedes's constructor's title? Interesting. Because, yeah, Max is in control of his own destiny for the driver's championship. But look at two and three this week. While Mercedes didn't get the win, they got a lot of points for second and third. So what you're saying is that Ferrari has to make sure that neither Red Bull nor Mercedes gets both the drivers and the constructors, and so they have paid Perez to split it. Yes. Through sabotage. And I think it's in Ferrari's best interest to keep the battle going between Red Bull and Mercedes, specifically Verstappen and Hamilton. The longer it goes on, the less they can focus on the next year, which is when Ferrari's Ferrari goal. suddenly shows up. So why is Ferrari letting Gasly beat them? I think Gasly is just living. He's just happy, man. He's just living life. No, 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 no. That's not an F and not answer. <laughs> That's a real answer. <laughs> Gasly is... Oh, that just causes chaos at Red Bull. Yes, yeah, so Gasly is actually still angry about his experience at Red Bull Racing. Well, that... He is... He, Are we talking and, about Ethanon in real life now? Well, yes. No. I mean, they, art art, art imitates, imitates life. life. Uh, so Gasly and Leclerc are besties, right? They are besties, yeah. I mean, he's obviously an agent of Ferrari, or is that too obvious? No, he's obvious. And, and the best part is, is the more that Gasly shows up, because I think Gasly's out-qualified Perez like nine times this year, it makes Checo look weaker, uh-huh. which causes dysfunction among the top team because they don't want to put Gasly back up with Verstappen because of the how it went last time, but it just causes tension between the two teams. It's just adding more chaos to the Red Bull AlphaTauri machine. Okay. While helping them maybe win the cons- or driver's title... And thwarting Hamilton, they're also trying to cause chaos in in the machine that works there. So what happened to Russell this weekend? Russell's now in the Mercedes machine, man. Yeah, but what happened to his car this weekend? I don't know. It, I, I don't know why it retired. Had It had to retire for some reason. Who retired it? Ferrari again, man. But why? Why He's the retire enemy. his Williams car? It doesn't mean anything. You should make him succeed in the Williams car. Yeah, but he's going to be in the Mercedes next year. Get exactly. into his head. Get into his head. Oh, so you think that they're playing a mind game with him early on? Yeah. You don't think that Hamilton will play enough mind games? For- oh, Hamilton might destroy that man by like race four. But- yeah, I mean... I man, if uh, uh, aside, I'm really curious to see how that all works out. <laughs> My biggest question about Russell, and I was going to talk about this, is whether he can handle like the high amount of pressure, right? And where mm-hmm. he's had really good chances, he's fallen back a lot. And it's one thing to say like, "Oh, this is like a Williams car," and if I'm doing any points, it's like a great thing. To to, oh yeah, you're next to Lewis Hamilton now every week. Ugh. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Uh, and then finally on F9, I would just like to confirm that Kubica was in fact uh, Kimi Raikkonen in, they, they never took his helmet off. That was him <laughs> the whole time. I don't know what the fuck that was even the point of that, but 
prove it to me. Literally no one who's listening to this saw Kubica's face this entire weekend. You don't know. That was definitely Kimi Raikkonen. He never had COVID. I don't know why they're doing this. Somebody explain to me. Tweet at FNG1 or FNG1pod. Why was Kimi Raikkonen pretending to be Kubica this weekend? I I don't understand. I think the other option is Raikkonen may have been pretty clear that he said, I retired last week and doesn't understand why they wanted him to drive another race. (laughs) <laughs> that that's the real answer i want the f and on answer <laughs> they called him up like Riken, and where the hell are you and he's like he's on like, a beach somewhere i said i retired i'm i mean i'm, I'm with my kids leave me alone i'm in the netherlands <laughs> but i'm not with y'all <laughs> he's literally on the beach like 50 yards away from the track <laughs> he's in the stands watching the race <laughs> he's never gonna come back let's be and honest he's we'll never see him about again. the orange smoke Oh, he'd be so pissed. Okay. So beyond that, so we've talked about Russell is headed to Mercedes. Yeah. Because Bottas is headed to Alfa Romeo. Yep. Because Kimi Raikkonen is headed to a forest to never be heard from again. Yep. And we also don't know. So that's the two big moves at the moment. We don't know who either Williams driver is going to be. Or the other Alfa Romeo driver is going to be. I mean, I got to assume Giovinazzi. I don't know. I could see them potentially dropping him. In favor of? Calamelo? Now you're just making up syllables. Like, that's no, nothing. That's, a lot. I, I can sing scat too. I don't know if it's Calamelo or Calamelo. No, he's there. He's there. The Ferrari Junior, um, who I think won the F2 championship. So he's Fiat? The Ferrari Junior. <laughs> but <I'm... laughs> I liked it. I'm, I think that I'm would be sta- Maserati. I'm standing by that, by the way. But uh, so Giovinazzi might get dropped. I assume at Williams they'll sign Latifi because he's got the big money, and our boy Alex Albin might be coming back. Ooh, who's he coming back to? Williams, supposedly. Well, that would be nice to. We see got a him little. We got again. a little bonus Christian Horner Total Wolf pissing match over it, but. Uh, over Albon? Yeah. So, Why would anyone give a shit? Well, Toto has a lot of influence over the Williams seat because Mercedes supplies a bunch of the parts to Williams. Toto owns part of Williams. Uh-huh. And Toto has Mercedes Junior drivers that he would like to put in that seat, potentially, like Nick DeVries, who won the Formula E championship. Now, okay. Christian Horner would like his junior driver, Alex Albon, to get a seat in F1. Mm-hmm. So Toto says that Albon can join the team as long as Red Bull releases Albon from his contract. So he's no longer a Red Bull driver. Aha. Because in some sense, it makes sense, right? It would be like us having a second string quarterback and then saying, like, we want, you know, LSU to start them. <laughs> and Not LSU. It would be like saying we want McNeese State to start them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But we want a rival to start them. Let's say Tulane or whatever, but uh, or a rival sub team to start them. But we still got the rights to them in the future, which is exactly what Mercedes does. What do you mean? Well, okay, I guess you're using the term rival differently than I was thinking. Well, Mercedes sticks guys at like Williams. Um, I think the part that makes it a little more convoluted is Total Wolf has financial interests in both teams, so he has a lot of leverage. But on the flip side, Red Bull has 
Are de facto you suggesting that perhaps Total Wolf has too much sway over too many teams? Possibly in Formula One, because I won't hear that on this podcast, Sean. <laughs> because also, but also, I will not hear that on this podcast, Sean. I'll also say Christian Horner does too. Christian but Horner, he has two teams, man. Well, yeah, but at least they're like, hey, I got two teams. We named them both Red Bull. And That's then they were, later people were like, could you call the other one something else? And they're like, all right, Alpha Tori, but it's Red Bull. We're leaving a bull on it. Yeah. And then there's Ferrari who just holds everyone hostage if they don't get their way. But classic. But um, but yeah, so that's what it's about. I assume that I hope Alba gets a seat. I assume that something will be a deal will be reached. I don't know really what else. I think Russell to Mercedes is probably the most exciting thing because it's either going to be Russell's amazing and he's going to be a Hamilton protege or we're going to see a person get their soul crushed in real time. Excellent. Yeah, that'd be super fun. So the important thing for everybody to remember here is that Max is back on top of the driver's championship. That's the important takeaway that we want you all to have from this episode he is we we talked about that ahead of time uh that was very important to sean he's basically clear sailor don't you dare don't you dare finish that (laughs) sentence (laughs) Uh, i think he's gonna win shut your mouth i think he's gonna win (laughs) but the constructors championship is very much in red in mercedes court right now because uh perez not a consistent option out there. <laughs> they should just start him from the back every time. Give him the free choice of tires and let the man cook. <laughs> let him do what he can. You never start know what in... you're going to get out of it. He may finish just 19th, but he he's... might finish 4th. <laughs> I think he's more consistent coming from 20th than he is coming from like 8th. He doesn't know how to deal with that. 8th, <laughs> all he's going to do is like try to crash into Leclerc and Norris and get penalties for it. If he starts 20th, he's going to go storming through the field. There Either way, go. he finishes 7th. Like, So where is our next race and when? Monza. This Monza. weekend. This weekend. Oh, yeah. that's right. Is Italy. it a triple or quadruple? This is a triple. It's a, we'll get a break after this. Okay, cool. And we took a break before this <laughs> by just not posting that. Other that was an episode. accidental break. We talked about it. We had a four-week weekend, and we went for five weeks. So tell me about Monza. Uh, We did this one last year. It's a freak race for Gasly one. Oh, yeah. Monza is insanely fast. We went from insane Dutch flaring to the same thing, but in Italy. Insane. Oh, Dutch flaring. Okay. I didn't know what you meant by that for a second. Yeah, the the smoke flares. But (laughs) yeah, so... Monza would be fun. Um, it'd be super cool if Ferrari won. I don't think they will. It's a power limited circuit, and they're not exact, or they are power limited. Um, what does a power limited circuit mean? Explain it to me, like I'm the new guy. Yeah, pa- the amount of power you have is going to limit how fast you can go, right? So For it's sure. all. Is that not usually true? No, because like some tracks, like say Monaco is the most extreme example. You know, if you've got good grip mechanical grip not even aerodynamic grip but mostly mechanical grip you can be really fast ferrari was on pole in monaco and in baku right because it was really tight and twisty and they weren't Mm. punished for being having a weaker engine here whereas monza they're flat out like 80 something percent of the time oh wait is monza the one with the really long crazy name that we made jokes about 
the Iloma, the Atadroma, Monza. You're thinking of Imola, man. I'm thinking of Imola. Yeah, Imola had the Grand Prix Primero episode three. What is it? I wrote the whole thing down. No, I didn't. Damn it. It was really something. Yeah. Anyway, Imola. Anyway, uh, the Italians love for their races to have really, really long names. This one's the Formula One Heineken Grand Primero d'Italia 2021. Yeah. And so it'll be great. Which and is if, really, relatively speaking, pretty concise. Yeah. Should hear okay. it in its native Italian. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I got to speak more with my hands and I could have done it. <laughs> Doesn't lend itself to audio only. Uh, did we have any mailbag questions? It's been a while, so who knows? I don't think so. I think there were questions. <laughs> I mean, we all have questions. I wrote a whole life. thread today on Twitter about the scouting reports for every driver i saw that are you going to become the billy lucci of uh formula one because let me tell you right off the bat i'm not interested in collaborating with you do you, do you want me to tell you how Ferrari's actually having a great spring practice and is definitely going to win this weekend i or? i think i want you to tell to go ahead and start managing my expectations about ferrari while convincing me that somehow things are great Honestly, the, the new team principal they brought in, he's a you know good winner. The the administration's behind him. I think Wait, they're going to get the funding. And <laughs> New team principal? No, I'm just making shit up. Oh, because, <laughs> dude, don't do that. I was like, wait, why are we not talking about that? <laughs> Bonotto out. Oh, man. I would have thought that would have been our headline. Uh, no, we still got, we still got that, that brilliant over-promoted man. Mm-hmm. Uh, so anyway, Max wins. All is well again with the world until it isn't anymore. And we will see you guys for Monza in a week. And we're actually going to do an episode for that one. Not like yep. where we just skipped this one. So thank you again for listening. Thank you to Chris King for our theme song. The track is Cat Mountain Drive off the album Gold Pulls. Find him at Artificial Chris on Twitter and download his music. And we will talk to you guys again in a week. Catch you later. All right, thanks. Bye. He's like, Charles Leclerc is like Harry Potter for you. He's <laughs> like this golden child who hasn't done anything yet, but everybody's convinced that he will save the world.